The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. Good to be with you, everybody. We're talking Bears again here on Bears All Access, a midweek version, along with Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from News Radio 1059 WBBM. I'm Jeff Joniak, the voice of the Chicago Bears, and I'm already missing football, Tom. I'm, I, when I, I was so interested just for kicks to see the USFL draft last night. I, I just. I don't want. I want football back already. Yeah, but you know, Jeff, for your own sake and your health and everything, I'm glad you got a second of downtime because you really need it. But now, when you look at the the near future here, when you get the combine ramped up, you talk about the franchise tag, all the rumors that are circulating circulating around the NFL. Some of the biggest names in the business are being talked about of maybe their next location, or if they're going to stay on location. So you're never starving for information, but it's the actual game played on Sundays, which is always fun and a big ramp up to the weekend. I'm watching as many college players as I can right now, and you, you, know, you know me. I fall in love with guys right away. I see a highlight tape, and boy, you start imagining – how would this guy fit? And then you realize you don't have a first-round pick, so you got to put that aside. And we'll just we'll talk about that as as the weeks go on. But you know, I always, you know, I probably one of the worst things you could do as a general manager or a vice president of a football operations or a scout is fall in love with somebody so much that you can't see the forest through the trees. And that's a lot of times with just average fans, we fall in love with with guys and you know i every year and then you remember them unfortunately and you remind me hey whatever happened to that guy well, well you know he never made it Tom. <laughs> well you know the reason is is that we have access to highlight tapes and so everything you watch is great whether it's a reaction to a catch it's a big block it's an open open uh space tackle things like that to me i would rather see a video of a bad play and then the next play and how would they rebound how would they answer a, a poor uh, a pass blocking on third down where maybe they gave up some pressure how did they how did they go about their business on first down or if they had a mental error what did they do the next play because sometimes jeff you get caught up in these highlight tapes and you know you never see a mistake made and that's just not the case when you're going against a 205 pound college defensive end for a guy you'll never see in the future of your career going forward how about a 62 261 pound linebacker from Wisconsin uh, Leo Chanel where's number 5 check him out i uh, today i just i watched as much of him as i possibly could love the guy but again Again, this is getting way too off track, but uh, this is Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio coming up shortly. Uh, but this is a guy in his scheme at Wisconsin. They just He just attacked the line of scrimmage relentlessly and blitzed nonstop. But he's 261 pounds, and he hurts you at the linebacker position. Well, you know, you know he'll hit you, you, you hard. Yeah, you got guys like that in the past. You look at the Levon Kirklands in the in the football life back playing in a four three defense in the middle where they were protected by two big defensive tackles and they could 
hold down the fort in the interior, the complete interior of an inside running game. So, uh, you know, is there a, a position for a guy with those types of traits? Yes. But you have to have the right support behind you and in front of you to be able to use your traits um, on the NFL level. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by special teams coordinator Richard Hightower. He gets the big job with the Bears. He was here back in 2016 as an assistant, so we'll talk to him. And, of course, the combine starts next week. Tom, uh, what position groups are you going to be keenly interested in as it relates to what the Bears' needs are? What are you going to be focused on when you start popping on the TV this week, watching uh, watching the 40, watching everything that goes on throughout the course of the week? You know, I'm definitely going to pay attention to receivers that are over six feet. Um, I want to bring in some size to this team to help Justin uh, develop the identity of bigger targets downfield, maybe get them in better matchups against some of the passive or undersized cornerbacks there are in the division around the league. So, um, you know, that's something that our great stat guy in the booth, Doug Coletti, has been talking about all year, is that you need to have some size at the receiver position. So I want to see what direction they can go with that. Because, listen, man, I love Darnell Mooney. I liked what A-Rob brought to the show. But when you look at the packages of the four and five and three receiver sets, you got to have some size there. Um, and, you know, if, if they don't complete the defensive backfield for the Bears, when you talk about the quarterbacks in the division, the new head coaches, where they're going to go, um, you know, you got to go out there and be able to hold your own. And that means a physical presence from the safety position and the ability to co- uh, cover at the corner position. And you're talking about all three, right cornerback, left quarterback, cornerback at each side, and the nickel corner because of their value to a team. Um, from what the Bears have suffered through maybe in the last couple of years, either having rookies and Jalen Johnson, no offense to Jalen Johnson, he's the, he's the one st- – one guy that I feel I can count on back there, but you know we got to have um, we got to have the defensive backfield, and you got to have them for the length of time, and the tackle position. This is some, a position that we're going to talk about throughout the entire season. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised you didn't start with the O line because I'm starting with the O line and going right to the defensive line. Especially if they're going to a four three, I want to know what their plan is. But I'm going to be looking at those two positions uh, thoroughly. And then uh, number three on my list is corner. I know everybody likes the sexy positions with the ball in their hand and who's going to make the big play, you know, a wide receiver, tight end, running back. Uh, but right now, th- those are positions of necessity right now, at least from my perspective anyway. We'll, we'll jump into the conversation with Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio, our weekly guest coming up next with our producer, Brian Callahan, uh, also Dan Barilli. One of our producers tonight, Tom. I oh, don't know if you knew that or not. Dan. Uh, Jordan Treadup uh, has the week off, so Dan's filling in tonight uh, for employee, us. You know, employee of the year at one time <laughs> up at Hallis Hall. <laughs> On Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Bears Hall Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and our weekly guest, former Bears quarterback Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin, joining us now. Are you packed and ready for the combine? I know this is a, a long week. Uh, I know you're going to have like three or four suitcases, some empty because you might have a few uh, trinkets you might bring on back, you know, loads of information on the NFL draft. 
2022. You ready, Big Jim? I am ready. And, no, I travel light. Uh, <laughs> it'll be just a carry-on, and I will be ready to roll. But, uh, hey, it's always an exciting – you know, I have as much fun now in the, in the off-season as I do during the regular season. I mean, it, it truly is 365 days a year, and we've kind of kicked off the business season. Look at already right now. You guys mentioned franchise tags. Look at all the players released or restructured today. Pat calls them the, the three R's, right? You restructure, you reduce your salary, or you're outright released. Anthony Hitchens released today mm-hmm. by uh, Kansas City, right? Saves about $7 million bucks on the salary cap that we know is only going up about $20 million bucks. So the business season is already in full swing. Yeah, Kenny Clark in Green Bay, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, his, yeah, we yeah. always circle him when we get ready to meet the Packers. Yes, you got to stop Kenny Clark. Uh, so, you know, they're trying to make room for, you know, and Gutekun spoke today, uh, you know, the football fans out there, the general manager of the Packers. So got oh, that, that, that whole man. debate is about, you know, for what's going to happen, obviously, with, with Rodgers. But, you know, are you, are you going to be able to find a way to keep Devontae Adams, boys? That's, that's yeah, the big question. Yeah, he's their first domino that, that has to fall. And you look at that. I mean, look at Devontae Campbell, the year that he had. He's a free agent for them. How are they going to sign him all when you look at Green Bay? Because Rodgers is going to take a big chunk of it. Adams minimum they can put the tag on Adams if they if they want to go that route but I mean if Aaron Rodgers leaves I mean and the, he already said today uh Gutenkunst that uh, nah, we're, we're probably not going to take any trade offers for for Jordan Love and it's you know they they would be in I I think they would be looking for a quarterback if, if Rodgers were to hang up the cleats but I I don't know how they're going to resign them all I really don't they're under they're over the cap as it is right now and they've got some huge decisions that they have to make in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, they got all the drama that surrounds Aaron Rodgers, and it's just getting overwhelming, actually. It's even boring (laughs) during the offseason. But to me, the biggest uh, shot across the bow is when they went and hired Tom Clements. Tom Clements is not going to come out of retirement. Look, man, this guy's living a good life in California. He's an attorney. He's got a lot of different options in life. In order to be come out out of retirement, and we want you to be part of our coaching staff, it's got to be because I don't think they're trying to – bring in Tom Clements to be incentive for Aaron Rodgers. It's a conversation they had with Aaron Rodgers and what they needed to create incentive. So, <clears throat> excuse me, I am concerned about that. And, um, I, you know, I everything else kind of overshadows it because, you know, Devontae Adams and all these other guys, it doesn't matter because if Aaron Rodgers is not there, then – we are all fighting for uh, the division championship, all four teams. So that to you is your hook, right? You, you feel that's the hook to bring him back? I really do, just because he's been out of Green Bay now for, what, three or four years. He had, a, I think, a year in Arizona and then – you know, was, you know, had, uh, you know, I think he was doing some commercial or some real estate out in the West Coast. But listen, you, you just don't bring a guy back into the mix after being out of the NFL for so long unless you have a player that has a role like Aaron Rodgers does in Green Bay. He's more important than any coach, any player in that organization right now. Jim, do you have Rodgers fatigue at all? Uh, I'm, I'll just take his advice. I'll read a book. <laughs> you know, uh, I you know I I lean with what Tom said. It it sounds like you know what looked like everybody was put on a happy face and kind of grinned and bared it. You know, th- throughout the season, and then you know things started to happen. It seems like everybody relented a little bit. They softened their their stance. Even Rogers recently on uh, his buddy the Pat McAfee show. You know, I I think. He, 
all the things Tom just talked about kind of lead you to believe that he will be returning to, to Green Bay. He's the first domino to fall, though, big time. But even with him coming back, if they sweeten the deal, I mean, minimum, he's going to get probably add two years to his contract. It's, it'll be $40 million a year. How do you pay everybody? Mm-hmm. You give Adams the tag, they're going to have to restructure a lot more guys. I mentioned there's going to be one of the Smith brothers isn't going to be there. Yeah. Uh, they can't re-sign Devondre Campbell. I mean, it's ser- significantly going to limit them with what they can do here this offseason. If, if they get rid of Kenny Clark, that whole defense becomes dysfunctional. I mean, even I, I mean, it's going to be difficult be, for that defense to be successful on first and second down if they get rid of Kenny Clark because he is the toughest guy, the toughest defensive tackle in our division. Um, unless Akeem Hicks is playing hard and healthy, you know he's he's right up there with him. But they ha- if they can't sign Kenny Clark, they don't. If they can't sign that De- De- uh, Campbell in the Smith brothers, that defense yeah. is going to take well, a hit. Hey, they found Campbell as a free agent, a one-year deal. They can find another one. I mean, I know he had a no, great he- year and he went to the he's an All-Pro. But uh, I I saw this from Andrew Brandt today. And he used to be, uh, for those who don't know him, he used to be in the Packers organization, and he's, he's a media person now. He's got his own uh, website. But he, he says, I think around this time of year, fans are more obsessed and worried about the salary cap than general managers and owners are. And maybe that's the case because, you know, years ago we didn't talk about it like we do now. And we obsess, oh, oh my gosh. Teams are in the red right now. Before the the new league year starts, they got to be they got to be above water. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be able to get this guy or do this or sign this guy. And things have a way of working themselves out, Jim. They they seemingly always do. Well, if if you're part in company with somebody because of a cap thing, then you really didn't want them anyway. I mean, look at Atlanta last year. That what they were fifteen million dollar over. Oh, let's just trade Julio Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. Fifteen million came off their cap. I think Dallas is in kind of the same situation. Dallas is twenty million over the cap. Uh, guess what? Amari uh, Cooper comes in at twenty million dollars. Right. Amari uh, yeah. Cooper. I'm, I'm, I am circled as gone. Yeah, absolutely. And but you can clear up a lot of cap space pretty quickly. Is is what Andrew mm-hmm. Brand is referring? You to. You know and what, fellas? You know what, fellas? Also, uh, getting ready for the combine and just looking at teams and their needs. You know what's really sticking out, and some in some cases from some really good teams because of poor performances, because they were slotting guys in because of injury or because of a lack of dough to pay somebody they wanted to keep and couldn't the year before. To me, it's always got to be this way, but for some reason, it's sticking out more this year. How many teams are going to be looking for offensive linemen in the draft? It yeah. is going to be a whole bunch of people, and it's all about protecting. The, and you go right to Joe Burrow, who's been sacked over a hundred over a hundred times this past year mm-hmm. uh, with the playoffs. Is that correct? Last last two yeah, years, 100, 100, 102 yeah, hundred 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 and two times he's been sacked. Hundred and two. The first guy I think of is David Carr. Yeah. Same thing happened to him early in his career. But it's not just him. It's Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Got to find it. He threw a career high in interceptions. Got to He's injured. You got to protect Justin Fields. You got to make sure he feels. So there, there's well, going to be well, so well, many you ready teams. for this? You ready for this? So 58 offensive linemen are invited to the 2022 Combine, the most since oh, 2013. Really? As the most. So they, they know that. <laughs> so I think that's why they, they fudge the numbers that way. This will be the least amount of quarterbacks working out at the Combine. Only 15 guys were invited. Uh, 
there's a dip in wide receivers. It's not as much talent as what there's been in the past. So there's only 40 wide receivers. So that's uh, one of the second fewest uh, in the last 20 years that have been invited to hmm. the combine. But O-Lyman, this is a good year for O-Lyman. Really good year. Uh, you know, offensive linemen, you know, you talk about it, and, I, and I'm not making a joke about it. It always should be a priority because yeah. that's where your football team is going to start. And when you talk about these quarterbacks protecting being protected Justin Fields has to learn how to protect himself and that's going to become with knowledge of the offense understanding of the protection and then being able to look at the line of scrimmage and under understand where your vulnerabilities come from but then when you do get outside the pocket you have to learn how to slide efficiently stay away from taking the unfortunate hits and just make sure that you're improving your own protection that's Tom Thayer Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Special teams coordinator Richard Hightower. Let's take, take a, let's step away and take a break. Huh. Here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access. This segment brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller, former Bears quarterback from SiriusXM's NFL Radio moving the chains uh tom was uh, just uh, scribbling notes today jim so uh, i sent you some of them and uh wanted to have some topics to discuss today and so let's go with uh position priority position priority topic position priority jim uh we're going to start with tom since this was his baby anyway so position priority are we talking combine draft are we talking free agency or are we talking uh both Oh, I, I'm talking looking to the future of the Chicago Bears. Okay. When you think of the conclusion of the season, the new coaching staff coming aboard, and what they have in place and where they need to go uh, position-wise. All right. So you went, you already touched on it really in the second second, but receiver with size, uh, compete or complete rather the secondary with uh, five guys you can trust, and then okay. So let's pick on this one: the offensive tackle starters with depth. Well, do you yeah, know I who mean, these starters are right now. No, because first of all, you got to allow the offensive line coach to get in front of the athletes he has, and then where does in in his mind does he feel they fit the best? They give you the best opportunity to win. To me, I'll still hold my ground, and I think it's Borum left. Jenkins, the right tackle to start the season. And that's why I say offensive tackle position with depth because I want guys to come in here and compete against these two young guys. I don't want to hand either of them a job. I want them to earn it from some guys that are are fighting for that position themselves. Jim, do you want to pay for a tackle or are we going to go with young guys and try to develop them? Uh, I think you go with young guys, but you sign a veteran so that you're covered is what I think. So uh, free agents, uh, you know, that are out there, obviously the Bears aren't going to say sign Teron Armstead. You know, obviously he'd be the starter if, if that were the case. But there's some guys out there that, you know, that, that have experience, that have played, but I think you want to go young. You know, it's a new coaching staff. Um, it is a young quarterback, and that's why I think you would want to bring in a savvy veteran from the free agent point of view so that you're covered if you go with these young guys. I like the athleticism of both of them. I think they'll play. You know, Tevin. It's unfortunate he had to have the the back surgery and didn't get in the mix till late in the year. But he was kind of thrown right in there, and uh, obviously he knows he's got a lot of work to do and what's going to be counted on uh, for him moving forward. And then where else you looking? What's your, um, number, what's your number one and number two? I'm, I'm with you. You got to put more around Justin Fields. So receiver is going to be a, a big one. You know, with Marquise Goodwin being a free agent and Allen Robinson. 
being free. So receiver, I would think safety and corner. Probably another corner first and then a safety. But the Bears don't have that first-round pick, right? They're not right. picking to what, 39? 39, I think. So you're going to be looking – you know, at the at the second round guys that are available. So everybody's going to throw out, oh, they're going to get the number one corner. No, they're not. The The Bears will not be in that. You know, they're still going to be good players there. Uh, like I think the Penn State safety will be there. Briskers is one. I like that Jalen Petrie from Baylor uh, down in down in Mobile. I think he was uh, voted one of the uh, – voted the, the player of the week uh, for the safety position uh, down in Mobile. So there's some talented players that that will be there in the second round for the Bears. And, of course, they can trade up, trade down if they need to to target the guy that they're looking for. But I'd say receiver, uh, corner, and safety because Deshaun right. Gibson I don't think will be there. And they've got to be guys that can run, run all day. You, before I give you my three real quick, uh, do you get influence? Because you're at the Senior Bowl, you watch all the practices. There is not that luxury. You can see workouts only with the combine guys, the underclassmen that come in, and now you're projecting a little bit, interviewing them, seeing them work out. Um, do you get influenced heavily by Senior Bowl players, and do you think teams do versus just saying, okay, I, I know there's a lot of guys the underclassmen get go in the first round. Uh, but yeah. do you get do you get personally personally as your own scouting eyes to get influenced by what you saw? Sure, absolutely, yeah. because they're competing against the top talent in the country, so that's a bonus uh, that you get to see. You get to see how they practice and evaluate that all week. Um, again, you can get a lot out of the practices. You know, it's not just about the game; it's just how they conduct themselves in practice. The interviews teams are already able to interview those guys. Uh, down there, so all 32 teams were there. Granted, the teams that were coaching the Lions and in the Jets probably get the most intel because they, uh, you know, they're they're there coaching the guys, so they get the most intel in the meeting rooms and things like that. But the interviews, you're getting ahead of the game uh, yeah. on these guys, and you can fall. Like you know who I fell in love with? That Boston College offensive lineman Zion Johnson. So that did kid's going to be. He's going to yeah. be incredible. Incredible. Yeah. He, he, he's I, he'll he'll blow it away in the interview. He will knock it out of the park. Yeah, he, he he definitely is somebody that I'm keeping my eye on. But remind me before the show's over, I want to talk about underclassmen as it relates to what you see at the senior ball. All right, my three, not too much different from uh, Tom and Jim, but okay, is there a way to find a playmaker offensively, a go-to chain mover, third down machine who scores touchdowns? You know, those guys can be found. They can be found outside the first round. Uh, a dual threat receiver that's dangerous. Can put them in the slot. Three, pre- three position type of receiver or a tight end also is somebody. And then a defensive line dominant at every spot coming at you in waves. Offensive line. Settle with some angry young men, powerfully built guys, and uh, that can move in space. Those are, those are my three. All right, coming up next, we'll be joined by special teams coordinator Richard Hightower. Back with the Bears Coming back here on Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy with Jim Miller and Tom there. I'm Jeff Joniak on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People who get it with Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, Jim Miller from Sirius XM, NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, our weekly guest and our special guest tonight. We welcome in special teams coordinator Richard Hightower. How we doing? Thank you for joining us. How's everything going up there at Hallisaw? Uh, you, you certainly didn't need a, a map, right? Because you've been here before. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> How you guys doing? Doing great, doing great. Uh, has it been fun to, to, to wear the new colors again? And um, 
what, what's it like now after being away for a few years and, and being in this position for yourself? And have you had time to get your feet on the ground a little bit and, and uh, take stock of how far you've come and, and, and where you've landed here? Yeah, well, I tell you what, uh, Jeff, it's been outstanding uh, being back, and thank you guys for having me on tonight. Uh, this has been an outstanding uh, transition so far. Excited to be back and definitely put the colors on again and uh, excited about the opportunity to work with these players and, and, and this organization. So it's been uh, outstanding so far and and uh, can't wait to get started when we do get that opportunity to get with the players. Hey, Richard, this is Tom Thayer. Congratulations and welcome back to Chicago. It's It's, it's nice to have you back. Um, so I have a question. I was watching the sit-down interview on the Bears website between you and Jeff. And Jeff asked you a question. Give me a description of yourself. And you said that you're a teacher and a mentor. But I want to know one thing. Are you an encourager for the kickoff return guy to be able to take it out of the <laughs> out of the little the end zone a little bit? Because me, I, I was on kickoff return my entire career through my last game in the NFL, Richard. And I'm kind of disappointed in the college game, but I've been encouraged by the Bears and their willingness to bring it out of the end zone or make that decision by the kick returner. What's your philosophical thinking about that? I tell you what, Tom, that's a great question. And it's, it's always good to talk to a Super Bowl champ. I know you was on that kickoff return team. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. I, I, it, depends on, it depends on what kind of guy you got back there. You got a playmaker back there, all right, and you can help the offense and you want to get that ball uh, in really good field position and not take it to the house yourself. Hey, man, you got you to gotta bring it out, right, Tom? Of course. I'm with you. <laughs> Hey, Richard, what, what's your what's your thinking about using starters on special teams? Because it seems like that goes a lot of different directions. And um, just to getting to know you a little bit, what's your thinking about that? Yeah, well, you know, when it comes to using starters on special teams or anybody, obviously that goes, all of that stuff goes to the head coach. But if they got a helmet on and they're available on Sunday – then you never know. We might use them. So the uh, objective is to win and and uh, win at all costs, you know. So if they got a helmet on, you never know. You might see them out there. Well, Coach Jim Miller here. Welcome back to Chicago. And everybody always says, don't take the foot out of football, but you took the foot out of Green Bay twice <laughs> in the divisional round. I mean, did you know going into that game? Because, you know, we we cover, obviously, the Bears and watch Jakeem Grant have a 97-yard punt return. You end up getting the punt block for a touchdown and the block field goal that were huge. I mean, it really was the deciding factor in a huge playoff game on the road in Green Bay. Yeah, I, I tell you what, it was important to get that win and advance to the NFC Championship. And uh, I know none of us like Green Bay, you know. And I, <laughs> and, but it wasn't about Green Bay, you know. It was we wanted to come away with a win against every team we face, and rather if it's in the regular season or the postseason, just wanted to come away with a win. But I, I tell you what, that one, that one felt good for, for obviously, and it felt good for the players, and I was just happy for the players, you know. Well, touch on, too, when you put the, the special team. We say it all the time here on Bears All Access. A special teams coach is an interesting coach because you kind of got to know everybody on the roster, whether it's uh, uh, the backup linebackers that are on uh, you know, core special teams or receivers who are gunners. and you know, Maybe just touch on that, getting to know everybody on the roster because it's so important for, for you to accomplish your job. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that I just really thoroughly enjoy about my job is that I get to talk to and coach everyone on the team. So uh, it's really it's really a privilege to be able to do that. Um, obviously, I've coached on offense and coached on defense before, uh, but I just really enjoy getting to know that backup linebacker, getting to know even some of the starters that you have to use situationally. But to get a guy that's on a practice squad or get a guy that was drafted in the sixth or seventh round and take those skill sets that the scouts saw and develop those and and make those guys go out and just accomplish their dreams and eventually become starters, like uh, give you a couple examples that just I really feel great about for those kids or like a Dre Greenlaw or a uh, Raheem Mostert or those guys that I've had a chance to work with in the past, you know, that go on and, and, and do something special. It's all about teaching those guys and inspiring those guys and motivating those guys and getting them to put a great product out there to help the football team win. I just, I mean, that's why I coach special teams. So I could go, I could go on and on about that, but I love it. I, I love your question, and I, that's why I do it. Richard Hightower, our guest here on Bears All Access. It's brought to you by IGS Energy with Jim Miller Tomp there. I'm Jeff Joniak with the new Bears special teams coordinator. So, you know, you interview uh, a coach who wants to have you on their staff as much as they interview you, I'm certain, because that's how every walk of life, it's what they tell you you're supposed to do. What, with Matt Eberflus, he's a defensive guy that's now the head coach of a football team for the first time. How do you evaluate where his impact is on ter- in terms of dedication to time on task for special teams? Because some coaches, they all look at it a little differently. Some put a huge emphasis on it. Others, you know, maybe less, and you got to make use of a limited time. What, what What's the takeaway on what his feeling is about special teams and what it means to the Bears from your perspective? Yeah, I think, uh, first of all, Coach Flus is an outstanding leader and a great teacher. I've been working with him here now since I started, and he just really has a really detailed plan, and uh, he knows how he wants to execute his plan. So that's been a great deal. Uh, working with him, he has a really good vision for special teams, and it's a high priority for him. And obviously, it's a part of the football team that really matters. So, just hearing the way he talks about having speed, uh, physicality, guys that strike, uh, guys that finish, the hits principle um, that we believe in, it's really got my blood boiling, and 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 really got me going, and want to and want to be here and work with him. So. Uh, he's he's been awesome with that stuff. You know, Richard, in your return visit, your return time here at Soldier Field, when you talk about the kicking conditions down there, when you talk about it on a game day, is it something that you'll go down there with your kickers and punters and snappers, or is it that you'll go down there on game day, you'll kind of take the conditions in, and then talk to your specialists about them? Because you know you've been here enough. You're going to have nine home games this year, and you never know what the condition's going to be on any given Sunday. So how helpful will your experience be that you've been here before, but how much details come into play on game day? Yeah, I think that's a wonderful question. I mean, it's the the conditions are so much uh, of a factor when it comes to special teams. I think more than people realize when you're kicking the ball, like what type of wind are you getting? Are you getting a downwind? Are you getting a crosswind? 
You know, is it blowing to your bench? Is it blowing opposite? Uh, can you punt the ball this way? Can you kick a field goal and hit it in this spot? You know, those those things would be advantages for you, uh, disadvantages for you if you don't know what's going on with the weather. So, obviously, we'll we'll talk about that a lot. We'll practice down there. And then, obviously, on game day, we'll go out and check the conditions before and uh, talk about it quite a bit and check the conditions throughout the throughout the game, quarter to quarter, minute to minute. You know, it changes. Well, Coach, uh, obviously special teams, they've, they've had all these new rules. Uh, we see a lot more touchbacks. Uh, onside kicks have gone down in terms of recovery. Are you worried because they still want to make it more safe? I mean, how in tune are you with it if there could be more changes of what's coming down the pipeline? Because it sounds like it will be discussed again at the NFL owners' meetings and, and how, you, how challenging it is for all you special teams coaches that have to adjust uh, to the new rules that are in place. Yeah, I think I think that's the fun part about the job because, you know, all 32 teams have to play by the same rules and you have to develop your game plan, you have to implement your game plan, and uh, you have to see what works and what doesn't work. Um, I really, um, I'm all for safety. You know, I think the league's done a, a great job with player safety and, uh, and I, by still taking care of the players, but by still keeping the game fun and exciting. You know, we had some kickoff return this year, you know, that, that were really big returns, you know. So some of that stuff is good. We're keeping it safe but still having the excitement in the game. So um, I'm, I'm not too concerned about it, but, I, I mean, I, I'm all for player safety first and foremost. So, Final moments with Richard Hightower, our guest here on Bears All Access. He's the Bears special teams coordinator. All right, just a, this is a moment of gratitude maybe for you because – you know, going back in your history, and we'll, we'll leave you with this. If I'm not mistaken, you, you really entered the league, and you played at Texas, and you were a great special teams player. Uh, you came out of a tough a tough inner city part of Houston. You walked out of Texas, and Charlie Casserly uh, hired you as a marketing intern with the Houston Texans. Is that Was that your entry to the National Football League? Do I have it right? And how the heck did you get here? <laughs> you do have it right. I'm impressed, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's you know, my, you know, my father, I mean, God rest his soul, but he always told me, you know, you just try to get your foot in the door wherever you can and you work hard. And if you want to be successful, try to attach yourself to successful, successful people and learn from those people and just try to work hard. So um, that's really, I mean, and long and short of it, really, that's all I did and just, was lucky to be around some really good coaches and Charlie Casserly was instrumental in uh, my development and really just taking a chance and giving me a shot. So I, I don't ever think I can repay him for what he did, but I just want to try to, you know, bust my tail and make him as proud as I can. And everybody else I was lucky enough to work with along the way. Well, well said. And it's exactly why I'm friends with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. <laughs> You know, you attach yourself at winners. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Richard, it'll be good to see you. We'll be good to see you around the building, and uh, certainly at the combine next week. I know you guys uh, have a lot of work to do, and uh, have been meeting every day to get this thing rolling for 2022. Thanks for taking all the time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, guys. Take Thanks, care, Coach. Special teams coordinator Richard Hightower of the Bears. Let's take a break. One more segment to go. Jim and Tom join me next here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. 
Welcome back to Bears All Access here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score up until the top of the hour. Then we'll hand it off to our good pal, Hub Arkish. It's Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and Jim Miller with you. And Jim, want to touch on the combine because that's the, the buildup this uh, this week. Obviously, everybody heads out there and uh, spends the entire week gathering information and opinion. And it, it is a great time. It is the uh, it is the big. Uh, it, it's uh, the best way to describe it to people. It's a convention, right? It is yeah. a football coach and player convention. But one thing I want to bring up, and there's some things I know they're they're tweaking the drills and stuff. And maybe we've talked about this in the past. So it goes back to that Senior Bowl discussion in our second segment. So you watch the seniors and you watch these guys that, you know, are invited to kind of prove themselves in front of coaches in that kind of environment. But we don't do that with the underclassmen. I I guess the biggest question is, would that ever be allowed, permitted, begged upon to do that with underclassmen and just have their own little version of Senior Bowl to get the same kind of knowledge you're getting on the guys that you bring in that have played four years of football, that there ha- that has been to, uh, discussed. That would they just do a you know like you said an underclassman bowl, and that has been brought up. I mean, because right now at the senior bowl, uh, underclassmen they have to graduate in order mm-hmm. to play in that game. So there are guys that do it for that very reason to get showcased. Because ninety eight percent of the guys in Mobile they will they get drafted now. So that's a 115-man roster for, for both teams, or like total, I should say. So basically over 100 of them are getting drafted. So, I mean, it's kind of a, a lock for, for that game. But, yes, I talked to Jim Nagy about it, the executive director of the, the Senior Bowl. One, either they change the rules to allow underclassmen in there, which I think is going to be hard to do, or they just have an underclassman bowl. Yeah, now you're going to get you know, the first thing that's going to happen based on what we heard this week, Tom from agents that, you know, took exception to uh, the rules because of COVID, uh, still a, a, a bit of a problem uh, in terms of what they were able to do for their workouts and who they could bring with them because, you know, they got a lot of different people working around these high-priced athletes uh, that are underclassmen and likely first and second rounders. Many, well, there's only 32 first rounders, but many, many of these guys are, are, are potential elite players. And so, they the agents would have a fit more than likely putting their player in jeopardy of injury. You look at the bowl game situation, and a lot of these guys are pulling themselves out of that to get ready for the combine. So I, I'm I'm thinking it'll never happen. Well, you know, Jeff, the agents aren't running next to them at the 40-yard dash, tell them to slow down if they feel something. I think they should just keep the distractions away from these guys. Let them commiserate with all the other guys that are there. Because to me, when I went to the Combine, that was the fun of it. It was the camaraderie. It was kind of learning about guys that you read about maybe from a different program and you finally got a hands-on or eyes-on approach. I don't think an agent being there, you're not going to have a trainer that's doing any extra work with you while you're so exhausted from the work that the NFL is asking you to do. To me, it was just a... As soon as the NFL said we would like to protect these guys, then all of a sudden the agents got involved and started whining because they're more concerned about themselves than they are the players. And I just think if they would let the players go to a four-day combine, do what's asked of them, and then if they don't want to do it, you know, address it then. 
Sounds sounds plausible, Jim. Sounds plausible. What do you think about uh, some of the changes and what they need to do? Uh, again, you heard a lot of opinions about what people think of the combine that are in and around the game, and I still think it's vital. I mean, you're making yeah. some major decisions, but you know, they don't. There's a lot of people, including the players' union, unfortunately, that are not big fans of it. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it is about the medical. You of know, course. so with, you know all those tests, and you know all the NFL teams share that that information. And let's be honest, the NFL has actually saved players' lives. I mean, I always bring up Starlo Tulele. Here he's a first round draft pick of the Carolina Panthers. He goes to Indianapolis. They do the heart tests on him. He they find a heart defect. He is sent home, not allowed to work out because it's too dangerous for him uh, to work out. He has to get a procedure on his heart, and then he comes back for the uh, combine uh, you know, checkup, like uh, where you come back and they, they check you up again, and then he's able to go out and work out for, for teams knowing that he's fully healthy from that standpoint. But so and it, it's done that through and through. I mean, every year they catch a guy with a broken bone. Julio Jones, remember him? Fifth metatarsal. He went out there and started to work out with a broken fifth metatarsal, and the NFL doctors came out there and said, no, he's done. We just got his test back. He's got a broken foot. And, and, and Julio Jones, I just I remember him because it was caught. He goes, man, I was wondering why my foot was bothering me. <laughs> he's out there He's out there running around with a broken foot. So it is about the medical. Yeah, I'm sure that they can change and, and do uh, some different drills, but there there are certain drills that do have those common core tests, whether it's change of direction and all the drills that you do from that standpoint and the fluidity, you know, the tracking of the ball for the receivers over their over their shoulders, you know, how a quarterback throws. I like it because you can compare apples to apples. Well that's just it. You got yeah. you got some standardization, right? Yeah, exactly. You can go back for decades to to, to look at it. Mm-hmm. Uh but do you ever you know I'm a, Tom, what do you get out of it? I mean, do you do you? I mean, are you worried that maybe it'll go away and they'll it'll just be medical? And and does that matter to you at all? Um, no, it means, I mean, fan. listen, if you just wanted to go to Indianapolis and get the medical out of the way and have these interviews and get a, you know, kind of like I said, an eyes on approach to some of these players, because all these guys go home and say, oh, I'm not going to run a 40. I'll do it at my senior day. So to me. You know, again, it was it was about the combines, and very few times that guys come to you, uh, you know, and work out. I think the only offensive line coach that came to Notre Dame and worked me out my senior year was Jerry Wampler, who was the offensive line coach at the time for the Philadelphia Eagles. So you had everything taken care of at the combines, and if you did everything. Uh, you know, I don't need to put that on display again at my college day. I did it enough for you at the combine. Jim, but it won't go away when you stop. It's it's now become a a big money maker for the NFL. Yeah, it's an event. Yeah, it's going to start. They're going to you know travel it around. It'll be much like a Super Bowl. I think teams are going to bid on it. Uh, They'll move it around uh, depending on you know if you've got all the places that can do the test. And normally every downtown, like say if the combine was in Chicago, I mean you've got all the medical facilities there where they could do it downtown. Um, 
So, yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. And, you know, this could be the last year it is in Indianapolis. I mean, mm-hmm. some don't want that to happen because typically the NFL has been pretty traditional. Obviously, you know, here we're just talking about the Senior Bowl. That's always been down in Mobile, Alabama. But I think the NFL is open to moving not only that, but moving the combine around and to other cities. That way other fans could experience it. You know, we've already seen them. They opened up Lucas Oil Stadium. A certain amount of fans are in there just watching guys work out and running 40s and catching football balls and, and things of that nature so i think the nfl is all all for it all right a couple quick hitters before we go bears related only first of all happy 41st birthday to charles pina tillman still blows my mind number one in nfl history most forced fumbles by a db with 44 Great. the closest guys are charles woodson and brian dawkins at 28 forced fumbles so that's crazy for a non-defensive end edge rusher who's sacking the quarterback and ripping the ball out of the, out of the way so charles Happy birthday. All right. Uh, Does Montgomery and Khalil Herbert need increases for the offense to work in bigger chunks? That's a Tom Thayer line. What are you referring to? Some big plays? Well, no, I, you know, Dave Montgomery is a really good receiver, and I think Khalil Herbert is too, but he didn't get enough of an opportunity. If you take a guy that has the athleticism of Justin Fields and he could stretch a defense in one direction and rely on a receiver like David Montgomery or Khalil Herbert, maybe you can get those bigger chunk plays if you have defensive awareness about the tight ends and the receivers that they're facing. So, where does Dave Montgomery, <coughs> excuse me, need to go in this offense? Is it more rushing yards per attempt, or is it being more of a reliable receiver after a bl- pass blocking responsibility on second long or third third down? I think I think David is a heck of a receiver, and you could probably get more profit out of him if you were willing to use him more. Jimbo, uh, I think just judging by the you know just how Indianapolis ran the football, I think it's going to be a hot hand situation. You know, do I, do I think uh, any of these guys got breakaway speed like a Jonathan Taylor? No, I, I don't think that, but I do think it's going to be heavy on running the football uh, to protect, protect their young quarterback. So I think it's going to come down to the hot hand. Who's ever feeling it are going to get more carries from, from that standpoint. And I think both are talented. I really love David Montgomery. I do think you'd like to get him about 20 carries. That seems to be 20 carries or more. But I think Herbert is going to learn, earn more opportunities. I like what I saw from Khalil this past season. And if you need different flavors, you talk about offensive lineman numbers at the Combine. I think it's a record for running backs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Showing yeah. up at the Combine this year? They have uh, 36 running backs. It's the most uh, since 2015 where okay. they also okay. invited 36 running backs. Yeah, so, uh, yep. That's a lot, plus a bunch in free agency. All right, uh, the last one then. Are we okay with Mac Quinn and Travis Gibson being defensive ends in this style of a defense that Matt Eberflus is bringing to the table, or do they need more size? Start with Jim, and we only have two minutes. Yeah, I would say, well, Quinn's played in both. Um and I think Max good enough athlete, more than a good enough athlete. Yeah, he he'll be fine as as a defensive end. Or, you know, if they're looking for specifics, like I said, I still think they need to address a, a three technique. You know, could any of those players be trade bait? You know, it's, I I really believe that because you you look at when Indianapolis really started to turn the corners when they made that trade for DeForest Buckner. I think Bears got to focus on that first, get the interior, and that's really going to set up the outside. 
I think Khalil and Quinn can both play the position. I'm not so sure about Gibson yet at this level, but if you want size in that position, you know you're going to have to get bigger. All right, good job, boys. We'll talk to you next week. Jim, we'll see you in Indianapolis. And, Tom, we'll tell you all about it, behind-the-scenes story with Miller and Joniak. I'll be watching it. (laughs) Thanks again to our producer, Brian Callahan, and our guest, Richard Hightower. For Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. You've been listening to Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.